Welcome to the vault where you can find the code to unlock your success. In this space, I invite real, inspiring and successful experts. We have eye-opening conversations about the way to reach your highest potential in life and in business. We will cover the mastery of mindset, energy, emotions, transformation, sales, marketing, thriving in business without losing your authenticity and balance. Hi, I'm Sonia Martinovic and host of The Vault, an entrepreneur, mindset mastery and online business coach with an obsession on real transformation. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs and other influencers master the mindset and build a successful and impactful business. Do you want to break free from your limitations and express your truest self in business and in life? Is growth your game and success your aim? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the vault. Let's start cracking your code. And welcome to another episode of The Vault. And I'm super excited because today we're going to speak about leadership, about authenticity, and how to build customized journeys while having a work-life balance. With me is Miriam Mema. She has been a coach and facilitator for over 20 years. She had dedicated her life to studying the overlap between business and psychology. Miriam has coached founders and executives at hundreds of companies including a dozen one-plus billion companies. She often partners with companies from Series B all the way to going public. She works one-to-one with senior leaders, facilitate team offsites, and develop customized leadership development journeys for leaders at all levels. Her specialty is helping people unlock the next level of performance while maximizing authenticity. That is so amazing, Miriam. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And so aligned with what your brilliance is and what you've dedicated your life to. So thank you for all the work you do on behalf of all the listeners. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to giving the listeners amazing insights from all of this experience. But first, tell them a little bit about yourself and and the story, how you ended up doing this amazing work you're doing yourself. Yeah. So there's a version of the story that goes all the way back to when I was 13 and I was quite young and adults started telling me, you should become a business psychologist, which is very unusual for a teenager to hear. And that's an interesting story, but I think probably more important is if I fast forward to when I was 27 and I was in my dream job, I was a consultant, I was doing culture and leadership development for this boutique consulting firm located in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It was it was founded by some of the professors of the University of Michigan Business School. And we were working with name brand companies. And I really thought that I kind of had found my place and that I was going to be there forever. I was doing the work that I wanted to be doing. I hadn't really noticed how I was constantly criticizing myself. I was constantly in my head about how I should be doing it differently, how I should be doing it better. But that didn't seem to matter. I was married to someone from Spain. My mom had been going through cancer treatments and I was her primary caretaker. Mm. And all of a sudden, this what I thought to be quite a wonderful life, my mom's in remission. My husband and I are finally going to celebrate our marriage. We're planning our weddings. And one thing after another started to unravel. So first it was my husband said he didn't want to stay together anymore. Mm. 
So we moved towards separation. Then my mom passed away and I did not see that coming. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this work, which had been a source of total fulfillment, all of a sudden it just started to feel increasingly empty and I didn't know what to do. And all of my tools that I was used to is learning, figuring it out, thinking things through quite logically from my left brain. It wasn't serving me anymore. And that's when I hired my first coach. Mm. And she taught me about these things like emotions and how to (laughs) feel them. And it turns out that if I feel my feelings, I can tap into this thing that I think we call it intuition. And yeah. I just, I hadn't accessed it so purely before. And it was kind of, it all, had always been there driving my decisions, but I was able to feel it in such a more intense way. Mm-hmm. And I ended up taking a sabbatical and doing a bit of a reset in my life. And so that was a very important turning point. I'm really grateful to that coach who ultimately inspired me to go through coaching training myself. Mm, that's amazing. So, and now you're helping leadership the leaders help develop their course and journey completely for their teams, right? So tell us a little bit more about that. What are what are what are the usually what are the common problems to say so? Yeah. So I, I often people are coming to me either with individual challenges. A lot of times I'm hearing people say, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I don't know how to do things differently or what I want to be doing differently or how to do it better, but I cannot keep doing it. So there's often a sense of desperation. And that's where I believe what's necessary is really unlocking the next level of performance. And it might be, it's often in the same role, not always, but usually there's, I think as humans, we naturally get in our own way. We don't, we do that quite unconsciously. And once we get out of our own way, anything and everything is possible. And so from that place, there's more freedom and we can choose what is it that I'm most interested in? What am I feeling drawn to? So a common challenge is literally losing a sense of compass or North Star and needing to reconnect with that. Yeah. And then that's at the individual level. And I think at the team or organizational level, it's similar because as teams grow, more often than not, their culture is getting diluted. There were hiring senior leaders from other organizations. They have their own way of doing things. And unintentionally, what was so special in the beginning of this went with the founding team starts to get increasingly diluted. And often we need to go back to what was that origin story? What was the essence of this organization? What was, what was the soul of this company? And how do we amplify that rather than dilute it over time? So we need to operationalize that through manager training, through how do we approach performance, to how do we give recognition, to how do we run one-on-ones, and what's the information flow, and making sure that there's a unique DNA to every organization, that regardless of whether we're a distributed team or working in an office, we can feel it. Yeah, exactly. So... Do you feel now with this situation in, in, in the pandemic, to say so, that a lot of leaders have lost sight of their vision, to say so, to be able to support the culture growth of businesses? I think post, oh, I, I, is it fair to say we're post-pandemic? Yeah. I don't know. Say so. let's, say, let's say it's post. Yeah, let's, let's say it's post. <laughs> I will say in the years 2020 and 2021, I have never been more busy. I, I, it was so intense to be working with senior leaders as we were 
markets were shifting overnight. Businesses were selling or collapsing, or it felt like they were. Teams were needing to learn completely new ways of collaborating. And there was a lot happening at that time. Yeah. I think that in those moments, most of the senior leaders that I was working with still were feeling connected to the North Star, still had a clear vision, but maybe now they've lost it. So interestingly, I don't think it's because of the pandemic. I think that it's because we needed to be so short-term focused in order to execute in those changing and the dynamic world that we've been in, that most of us have forgotten how to lift our head up and look out and trust that we know enough about how things are going to play out that we can, again, vision and create a sense of direction for the organization that's more mid to long term. And how do you feel that now post-pandemic to say so people should do an inventory of their vision? Like how how should they approach the vision right now? Because there are more opportunities to say so. Yeah. Well, so the vision inventory, so there's the, the organizational one and then there's personal. And so if I, if I go personal for a moment and I, I literally think of, and I, it's a practice that I have is to create a vision inventory. And I think that we often associate vision with only our professional lives, but I believe in having a vision for my wellness. I believe yeah. in having a vision for the relationships that are important to me. Yes. And if I look at all sorts of different categories of my life, crafting a vision for those is really important so that I can start to create a well-balanced existence. Exactly. And if leaders aren't able to do that for themselves, it's going to be really hard for them to do it for their teams or for their companies. Um, yeah, exactly. Because you hear a lot about work-life balance, right? So let's approach that, approach that subject. Do you believe that there is a good work-life balance possible for busy leaders, busy CEOs, and how come? I think on aggregate, yes. I don't think day-to-day it's realistic for any of us. Us. So I'm including myself in that sense of like busy leader, yourself included. I mean, it is 6 p.m. You've got kids. I know we're recording this. You are a go-getter. You're a high performer. I don't think every day it's realistic for us to have quote-unquote balance. I do think over the course of a week, a month, a quarter, or a year, we can create that balance. Mm. So- If we think about what matters in terms of fitness, relationships, downtime, I think a lot of leaders do a lot better with one full week off where they're completely disconnected than trying to do that a little bit each day. And so everyone's unique. Some people need to and can create strong boundaries on a daily basis. But I guess my approach is it doesn't matter what boundaries you create as long as you create some. Yeah, I think. Yeah. If if we think about each category of life having a different color, and we just want to make sure when we're looking at a, a calendar over the course of a, a month or a, a quarter or a year, it's colorful. How we're investing our time and our energy is distributed across different areas of our life. Yeah, exactly. So that when they take the week off, they're not completely like <laughs> in need to, to, to have. So at least I, I take it in each and every day because I just know how important my energy is and my energy is everything, right? So I try to to yeah. implement. And of course, I cannot do everything in one day, but I keep it in mind. What is this pounding yeah. into, right? So and how what you-, you said is so important yeah. about managing. Do you know how you learned that? 
How did you learn the power? So, I actually was interested for two decades and I started with law of attraction, to be honest. So yeah. I was very intrigued and I started to play it out and I was quite young. So Miriam, you know, for me, it was just, okay, this is amazing. And I can manifest anything. And by me believing that, I actually created into reality a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, life hits you and challenges hit you. And I had a lot of challenges also in personal life. So, and then you kind of lose sight of that. And after a while, I thought, okay, this is amazing. Know how to do this. I know how to do energy. And then I really dived into quantum physics the subconscious mind, how to, what, what is draining our energy? What is giving us energy? And uh, energy is like the, the most important currency, currency to me because you show up as a better leader. Yeah. You show up better in your life. You start taking in account who is taking your energy, who is contaminating your energy and what is giving you energy and who is giving you energy. So but I don't want to take the work. Maybe yeah. I have separate pauses only on that because I speak for hours. Just like I get completely excited talking about it. But how do you feel that? Do you feel that senior leaders are taking care of their energy, and what could they do to have more energy? Because you need energy to inspire oh, teams. You absolutely do. Yeah. So I look at that from a couple different angles. One is I love asking leaders, "What do you want to be known for?" Yeah. And I don't just mean business results. What do you want to drive? But at what if people are thinking of you, what words are you hoping that they would use to describe you? What impact are you hoping to have on others? So some people want to be inspiring. Some people want to be motivating. Some people, it doesn't really matter as long as you're clear with yourself. What do you want to be known for? And then start to manage your energy so you can reliably show up that way. Mm. So that's a starting point. And then I think Everybody needs to start noticing their energy that most people don't do. Most senior leaders are so outward focused and they're, we're moving from meeting to meeting. We're back to back. We're not even pausing to check in with ourselves and notice how am I lower energy? Am I higher energy? So we need to become students of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And then we usually, I can often ask people to chart their energy cycles throughout the day. And most people, even if they have never thought about it before, they know if, if they're asked to. So in this moment, maybe as the listeners, you can think about when are you at your highest, when are you at your lowest? And most people, they know. They know, oh, in the morning, I do my best thinking or in the, right after lunch is when I really have a slump. Yeah. And then if we start to organize our days around those energy cycles, we're going to be a much more effective leader. I believe in those peaks of energy, they often map to peaks of productivity. And yeah. we need to hold those sacred. Those are usually our most creative thinking time. So those are good for working sessions or for working time. That's not in a one-on-one, -on -one, for example. Yeah. But when we're at the slump, some people are best to have a meeting where they're just observers or they're just listeners, or maybe that's when they want to pause and check in on their email. So remembering that we have much more control over our lives and our calendars than we think we do. Mm -hmm. And actually trusting that if we start to honor our energy cycles and and facilitate other people doing the same that it will serve our business that mindset is a bit of a stretch for some folks so sometimes yeah. we have to start small but i promise it does it does play out that way yeah i love it does. what you said uh, about the calendar right so i actually use also a color-coded calendar so i make sure that i'm 
I'm, 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 I'm giving them uh, much time to rest and have, be present with my kids. And, you know, I just really take it in account and measure it and see what my energy does and how it's working out and everything. So I love that you said that. I think that is so important. And because you say this, this short-term focus, right? What should they take in account to have a better long-term focus and vision for themselves and their businesses? I think it starts with permission to think big again. So if we can give ourselves that and then the space and then the the inputs that we need. So usually we need to be stimulated and kind of reminded what's possible. So there might be some people on their teams that are particularly inspired or forward thinking. And so I would dedicate time and put myself in the room with those folks and start asking some generative questions. That's the thing that we've had the hardest time with replicating, I think, in a distributed work world mm. is generative thinking. We've gotten really used to asynchronous communication and collaboration. Well, I'll put some ideas out. I'll send it to you in a doc. You'll respond. But in the, in the flow of that, what we we're lacking is the ability to tap into both our left and right hemispheres of our brain into specifically the more creative side. Mm. So that's where having the dedicated time, the right amount of space, the right people in the room, the right conditions in which we can start to think big again. And that's really a great way to generate energy too. It's like a mini mastermind in your own company, yeah. which will fire so much creativity. And I think, you know, uh, sometimes there is a lot of focus on the people not doing so well in a specific function or job, instead of the focus on, on really the gems and the entrepreneurs to say so. Uh, mm -hmm. Because they have so much potential and they actually can help build the business further up and expand on the vision and influence others. So yes. is this something that you have seen? And maybe maybe you have an example of, of when people implement that or something else that mm -hmm. really created a big change within a company. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I, uh, There's a book coming to mind that I'll mention and then I'll provide an example. So the book is called Switch by Dan and Chip Heath. I believe that's the right last name. I can confirm. Yeah, uh, It's a book about how to change when change is hard. And it's individually, but it's also organizationally. And they talk a lot about their research around what they call bright spots, which is exactly what you're talking about, is let's focus on what's working well, what's unexpectedly working well, and how do we take some of what's happening there copy paste it and start to amplify it or bring it into other areas. And that's often how businesses start to create a new sense of momentum. Yeah. So hundred percent, there's a lot of good examples in that book. I would say what I'm noticing is even something as simple as a, a Slack bot, where if people can basically send recognition to different individuals on their team is something that helps reinforce positive behavior. Yeah. And if people know what they're supposed to do, it's very clarifying. And the way that we're wired is to want to do that more. It, but if yeah. we tell people what's what's not going well or what they shouldn't be doing, it creates a lot of ambiguity. And it it basically, it, it lowers levels of engagement and productivity because I, just, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I just know what I'm not supposed to do, mm. which makes me not want to do anything. There's a lot of risk then essentially floating around in, in that company's culture. So there's, I've, I've noticed that there's specific companies that I'm working with where they introduce something so simple, so simple, like recognition, 
And all of a sudden, what's happening is they've fostered better cross-functional collaboration. They've fostered better innovation. They're coming to market with new ideas, new products much faster. And it it was such a simple thing in its inception, but it's had a big impact. Yeah, and also the personal accountability of sales teams or key account managers, for example, or marketing, they coming up to have a solution, to coming up with a solution on their own. Just if the target, you know, if it suits the target, if it serves the target, then they come up with a solution and they are completely inspired to take it up because their plan, you know, it's not yes. only from above. So it's it's a way to include people. How about CEOs and leaders? So mm -hmm. you were talking about creating momentum and giving recognition to people in the teams and to company. But what about the CEO giving themselves recognition? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Can we yeah. chat a little bit about that? How do you uh, feel about that subject? <laughs> yeah. I won't name names. And I literally just before this interview was on in a session with a CEO. And that was one of the topics is basically self-compassion, because as CEOs, we often expect so much of ourselves. And the more senior we are in an organization, the less likely we'll get positive feedback because our, our others' expectations of senior leaders is also yeah. increasingly high. Yeah. And so we can't expect necessarily positive feedback from anywhere else. So we definitely need to learn to be able to self-orient towards what does good look like. Yeah. And it it does go back to some of what we were talking about earlier around energy. So can I begin to track how I'm showing up and am I showing up in alignment with what I want to be known for? And if so how in those moments can I give myself a subtle pat on the back mm. or a moment of celebration or at the end of the day, can I look at my wins as much, if not more so, than I look at my challenges? Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's a mindset shift, but we definitely need to do it. I think first, I, I always remind CEOs, so if we think about the date that will fall on the calendar tomorrow, no one in the whole world, even the most senior leaders, has been a CEO tomorrow. And whatever the calendar date is tomorrow. No one's ever been a leader on that day. We're all figuring it out with a fresh eyes. And so yeah. there's no rule book that we're supposed to have had to be able to figure this out. It's a very dynamic role. And so finding the little ways to celebrate is really important. Everybody, I think, has their authentic way of doing it. Some feel more, I'd like to dance personally. Yeah. Like if I, <laughs> yes. Like if I, I if like I can, like, <laughs> do you? Yes, yeah. I've actually been a dancer in my childhood period. <laughs> wow, what yeah. kind of dance? Yeah, like everything, like modern, classical, oh. acrobat, acrobatic. I don't know how you say it. Yeah, yeah show show dance. So I oh. actually were in in some kind of national ballet and dances when I was, when I was a lot younger. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Yeah. And it still brings you joy to dance. Yeah. It brings me joy. You know, yes. it really brings me joy to dance. And that that's what it's about. You know, just, you always have a minute or two to get yourself out of your head and yeah. short term just to do something in between. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so yeah. that's it for me. If I dance, I don't have to be telling myself any positive reinforcement or 
re- reflecting on my day. But if I'm dancing, I'm putting myself in a state of generosity and curiosity and joy. Okay. And I think ultimately that's all that's more important than the nuance of how we're going about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I wanted to talk a little bit about authenticity as a leader because most the most really strong leaders do are very authentic and have a little bit of vulnerability in order for them to be connected to the teams and to the managers. So there is not a lack of communication, which I mm. have seen so many times over the last two decades. Do you feel that a lot of leaders are authentic or becoming more authentic? I think it's it's trending that way. Yes. Yeah. I think what's interesting is often to get into a position of leadership, we are modeling and engaging in behaviors that we have seen others later do. So there's a, it's a bit performative Mm -hmm. to get recognized, to get promoted. We have to kind of follow the rules. But once we are in more senior leadership positions, most people don't realize like, oh, I don't have to be as performative anymore. I can relax into my authentic leadership style. So I I hope that over time it becomes easier and easier to get promoted into senior leaders while being authentic all the way through. I think that's where we're headed. But for now, at least what I'm seeing in most European and and Northern American companies, there's still a little bit of kind of here's the rubric for what we need you to be to get to leadership positions. But yes, exactly what you said. Most of the greatest leaders are willing to open up. And be honest about what they know, be honest about what they don't know, connect emotionally with people, use storytelling to help bring ideas to life, which requires in and of itself a lot of vulnerability and authenticity. Yeah. yeah. And I will say it's much more sustainable to be an authentic leader. Yeah, than- because people just, they want certainty. They want to trust right? I think yeah. trust is so underrated to say so, you know, so a lot of people and employees are not talking about it, but they are expecting maybe some kind of perfection towards like the highest levels of leadership. And then if, if there is no vulnerability and no authenticity, the trust level just cannot be super high. And when people don't trust, they don't do their best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, it's not productive yeah. because they feel like yeah. I just need to stick it out till five o'clock and make sure that nobody <laughs> notice and I'm not giving the absolute best that I can right here. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Oh, I really feel like <laughs> we could just like let go, right, of all that and just trust ourselves a little bit more. We'd be in a, we'd be able to be more effective and and enjoy the ride. Absolutely. And tell me about this customized leadership development, how how it, it's a journey, right? So how specifically mm-hmm. do you have a specific pathway or do you do like really tailor-made and are there specific businesses that you are serving more than others? Can you tell us a little bit more about the journey with you? Yeah. Yeah. I work a lot, not exclusively, but I often am working with high growth tech companies. Mm-hmm. And so the that's a, that's a rocket ship kind of experience for sure. So I don't have a one size fits all formula for yeah. what, I'm so what it's going to look don't. like. <laughs> yeah. I just, I it's don't find tailor made. Sometimes I get like yeah. goosebumps when someone is saying, I have these principles yet. 
course, there are, it, it's oh. important to have these pillars and principles as long as it's tailor-made and it suits the company's needs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. So I think that leadership development, individual development is mostly nonlinear. I think we can orient towards specific outcomes and we can build towards it. And if you're, if we like really zoom out, we'll see how we're progressing it mostly for in a forward way, but it's nonlinear, which is hard for some people to connect with. Yeah. But when I'm designing leadership development journeys, usually that's thinking about either the organization as a whole or the people leaders in that company. Yeah. And I go in and I am a student of that company and learning what, what is the language that is important here? What are the values that you want to reinforce? What's yeah. the behavior? Where are there bright spots? Who are the people's voices that we want to integrate into this and create very customized journeys for those leaders so that they're usually learning about themselves they're learning about how to connect with cross-functional peers while they're also being introduced key skills and frameworks that might be leveraging best practices that are more general, but they're mm-hmm. presenting them within the branding and the DNA of that organization. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it's, it's very much to maximize results also about, but also about the personal journey and yeah, creating just a, a good company to work for. <laughs> yes. And to exactly. expand, right? Because yeah. There's nothing worse when, than when the culture is like messed up a little bit or in chaos. And then the amazing gems of people who were really passionate are stepping mm-hmm. away and going to different businesses. Exactly. We People and their relationship with their managers matters so much about whether they'll stay at an organization and their level of innovation and productivity. And so often we're investing in the salaries of these folks, but if we haven't invested in developing them in in a way that reinforces the culture we want to have, to your point, we're missing out on a key, key leverage area. And so that's usually when people need, need help. So yeah, I'm basically an extension of an internal leadership development team when I'm putting that hat on or in lieu of some some organizations don't have any leadership development individuals so yeah it's key right it's it's a constant journey and usually it's not only the ceo but uh, the complete management team which has to be on board in order for you to create like like big results in different teams that's just my experience from from the past in corporate (laughs) but do you have like this transformational story about a client that that just comes to mind you must have many but just a transformational story so that you can tell us a little bit about the journey and what happens in the transformation that you could share with us yeah well where my head goes with that is i i often am working with co-founders and so co-founder coaching is definitely a specialty of mine and i'm thinking about two co-founders that had, I think they had about 35 employees when they brought me on and their business was struggling and they were not able to really communicate at all. They were so at odds with one another. They were so frustrated that they couldn't make any decision. And it just seems like all success was just on pause until these two individuals could figure out how to work together. And so we got in a room and I said, we're not leaving until we figure out either you, you're going to, we have to resolve this. You don't both have to stay at the company, but this is untenable. We cannot maintain this, this type of dynamic. It has to change. And it took two days 
I've done versions of this in, in other structures, but in this moment, we, we stayed in that room, we came back together. Intense. We worked through. <laughs> it was intense. It was intense. <laughs> and you know what? They figured it out. We, we cr- created a breakthrough and they were able to continue to work together. Still had some hard days, but mostly they were able to stay on the same page. They grew their company. They ended up selling it at, at a valuation that they were both ex- exceedingly happy with. And they grew their company to to have the impact that they had wanted to have in the world. And so I believe that the dynamic between leaders usually does set the trajectory the business will be on. Yes. And so pulling them together and then seeing that success story was really meaningful to me. Oh, that sounds really, really amazing. So when people want to find out more about your work, where can they, where can they find you, Miriam? They can smile yeah. and then they can go to leaderswhosmile.com. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. It's so easy to remember. It will be in the show notes, but I think you will never forget. That's an that's yeah. amazing aim and outcome and name also. Yeah. One last question. What is the one question that nobody ever asked you, but you would love to answer? I think a lot about what is a belief that I would like to put in the mind of every human on the planet which is kind of a weird thing to think about, but I think a lot, a lot about it. And I, my current thinking is that if everybody felt accepted, things would be, would be a lot different. So I guess the question that I wish people would ask me is what belief would I want to put in everyone's head? And the answer to that is I would love for every human on the planet to feel accepted exactly as they are. Wow. That's so powerful. That's really powerful. So, and we will be back next week to level up again. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Vault. Respect for showing up and creating your next stage of life and business. If you like this episode, I invite you to dive deeper and stay. The S stands for subscribe and share. Make a screenshot right now and pay it forward and send this to five friends who can benefit from this value. The T stands for try and transform. Try the technique, at least until the next episode. The A stands for action. Action creates success. Don't stay a student when you have a code. You should try to open the vault. And finally, the Y stands for you. This is about the most valuable asset of the vault and life in general the one and only authentic you. So if this was your code, please comment and help the vault grow. Hashtag unlocked, hashtag next level, hashtag dive deeper and see you next week to level up again.